Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the program. Do you read PDFs? When your boss sends one to you or when, I don't know, you encounter one? When your healthcare provider sends one over and you're supposed to comb through all the pages to understand how you're going to be covered? Well, I, in front of me, have uh, a new PDF. And there's a link to it on my Facebook page, Lee Lonsberry. You can find me on Facebook. There's a little logo for the show here, Live Mike on Facebook. On there, I have linked a PDF. It's a quick read, only 138 pages. You can get through it in the afternoon. I'm pretty confident. Uh, There are executive summaries, of course. This PDF is titled A Budget for America's Future, Budget of the U.S. Government Office of Management and Budget. It is the president's proposed budget. It was released yesterday. He, unsurprisingly, had very glowing things to say about this budget proposal. So we're putting out a plan today that over a period of not that long a period of time uh, brings our, our budget and our deficit down to what it should be, which is close to zero. Now, there have been a number of pretty strong reactions since the president has released this budget. There are two uh, big banner items. There is a reduction in welfare benefits, and then there is an increase in military spending. That rubs Democrats the wrong way. That rubs liberal folks the wrong way. Uh, conservative types are big fans of that. Uh, they, they preach uh, self-reliance and a strong defense. We here in the United States are safe because our defenses are strong. Uh, that's the position of the conservative types. Let's go through some of the rollout of this thing, and then you and I will dig through some of the details together. More from the president. We're not touching Medicare. We want to keep Medicare. We're not touching Social Security. Uh, we're making our country stronger again. We're not decreasing Medicaid. Uh, but we're doing a lot of things that are very uh, good, including waste and fraud. Tremendous waste and tremendous fraud. Speaker Pelosi And Chuck Schumer weighed in on this. I want to share some of the details of what's contained within this budget before we get into the reaction from uh, Schumer and Pelosi. The the release came, again, just yesterday. This is for fiscal year uh, 2021, and it includes a number of cuts to entitlement programs and discretionary spending. Some folks have called this uh, like third rail type stuff. Anyway. The president for the last three years has avoided proposing significant spending cuts uh, with the deficit almost a trillion dollars. I don't even know what a trillion is. I often make fun of the news outlets that will do the like stack of hundred dollar bills 
compared to, say, the Empire State Building is like a billion or something, and then like uh, ten times around the moon, that's a trillion. I, I need some. I make fun of the folks that use those types of visuals to convey the amount of something or the immensity of a dollar figure. Uh, Nine hundred and eighty-four billion, nearly a trillion. I don't really have a good concept of that, uh, so I wonder how many times uh, around the moon a stack of hundred-dollar bills would would travel if uh, there were a trillion of them. Anyway, the budget <clears throat> comes. Large, and let me, here's a little bit of uh, context for you. I used to work in Washington, D.C. as a congressional aide, and for the number of years I was there when the president would send over his proposed budget, if I'm honest, it would go almost directly into the garbage can. Uh, here's why. Not because of any you know policy attitudes about what it contained, but rather it's a toothless, nearly meaningless document. The president can't originate any spending measures. He can suggest them, sure, and that's all that this document is. This hundred and what did I tell you? 138 page PDF I've got here in front of me, a budget for America's future. It is mostly symbolic. It means very little. It, spending originates in the House. It's debated there. That will be done under the direction of Speaker Pelosi, who not long after the release uh, by the president of this proposed budget had this to say. Our federal budget should be a statement of our national values. What is important to us as a nation should be reflected in how we allocate our resources. The budget, in terms of our legislative work, is the heart of the matter, where it all begins. And this is a heartless budget. The budget has a number of policy prescriptions contained within it. Namely, uh, there is an immediate 5% cut to non-defense agency budgets passed by Congress and $700 billion in cuts to Medicaid over a decade. Now, you heard the president say uh, that. In fact, I'm, I'm going to play that one more time. Here's what the president said uh, about Medicaid. We're not touching Medicare. We want to keep Medicare. We're not touching Social Security. Uh, we're making our country stronger again. We're not decreasing Medicaid, uh, but we're doing a lot of things that are very uh, good, including waste and fraud, tremendous waste and tremendous fraud. I don't understand that. It feels like a conflict. It feels like the document says one thing and Trump says another, while both given to us delivered uh, under his name. We're going to hopefully get some clarity on that. Next, we're going to be speaking with Congressman Chris Stewart. He's going to join us on the phone and talk about the budget. So hopefully some of these issues where I'm not exactly clear, he can offer a bit of clarity for us. The budget continues. and the, the reactions, more than anything, continue. Trump, he's proposed some adjustments to eligibility for Social Security disability benefits. And uh, that may be getting some folks uh, wound up. Now, I, I'm going to ask the congressman as well what this proposal could mean uh, for you and me if there are any uh, cuts that will trickle down and find their way impacting your family's economy uh, and mine. I don't yet see that, but I would also point out and remind you, excuse me, I coughed, but this time I pushed the cough button. Did you hear me rant about that yesterday? Uh, producers here uh, let me know that radio listeners really don't want to hear you cough. And so if you need to, push that button and do so, and then join him back on the air. A little bit of silence is, is okay. Anyway, back to the budget. Uh, the question of how it impacts us is, uh, is a, of course, the most important one. Another question to ask is, what does this proposal mean for the ultimate budget that will be drafted up by 
Congress, because that's where, again, the, the, the very important thing to remember whenever you hear this year and every year into the future, when the president proposes a budget, it is only that a proposal, a suggestion. You and I could draft up what we would like the budget to see, send it over to Congress, and it would carry just as much weight. And so as these budgets do originate in the House, all spending measures must originate in the House. I think the Constitution makes that pretty clear. That is under the direction of Speaker Pelosi. Now, ultimately, it will end up maybe, maybe in the Senate. And then we will see uh, if the senators are able to, alongside uh, their counterparts in the House, come to some sort of agreement uh, that's acceptable to all involved and ultimately will, uh, may, receive the signature by the president. Now, so you understand, and you know this, uh, and so forgive me if I'm uh, speaking too basically and if I've uh, lingered into schoolhouse rock territory uh, a little too much, but the budget under which we're currently operating has a, a deadline. And this is one of those deals where if we don't come to an agreement, uh, we could face uh, a shutdown of sorts. And, and think back to the last notable uh, shutdown. It feels like an eternity ago, an absolute eternity ago. But it was just last week that we had the State of the Union. One year ago, when it was State of the Union time, that address had to be pushed back a little bit because we were in the midst of a shutdown. The government was shut down last year because we couldn't come to an agreement on the budget. We'll see how this how this uh, plays out this year. And in the next segment, uh, we're going to get to some more specifics. We're going to get reaction uh, from Congressman Chris Stewart, who will join us here on this program. Before I cut you loose for a quick commercial break, though, I want to share with you uh, what Chuck Schumer had to say uh, in the Senate in response to Trump's budget proposal. President Trump's latest budget proposal is a blueprint for destroying America. One word, nine letters, sums up the president's budget. H-Y-P-O-C-R-I-S-Y. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. That's how Chuck Schumer labels it. We'll see how Congressman Chris Stewart labels it next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.